Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Hello. I'm really nervous. I must just not faint. That's all I'm sitting here thinking, don't faint, don't faint. So um, I'm going to try and stay standing throughout the message. So my name is Janetta. Um, I'm Philip's wife. I'm not a pastor. I don't do this like he does. I'm sitting there and thinking, oh my soul, how does he do this every week? I don't know. And he makes it look so nice. Is this thing fine? It's weird. Okay. He makes it look so easy every morning when he does this. Um, But I'm going to talk to you about a heart for God's people. But before we do that, let's just pray. Father, I want to bring this time in your presence to you today, Lord, that, that we can seek your heart to figure out what to do with our relationships, Lord. Where people are tricky and relationships are tricky, Lord. I just pray for, pray for your presence to be with us as we speak and yeah, for, your, for you to guide my words. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, yeah, Lisa said to me this morning, Mama, you have to wear pink because it's Mother's Day. So I said to her, no ways, because I'm going to blush. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be pink from head to toe, so I'm not pink. I'm blue. Okay, so today we're going to talk about relationships. Um, a heart for God's people, when Philip told me I have to talk about this, I thought it's one of those tricky things because we tend to talk a lot about a heart for people, which is the people out there. But we don't often have these conversations about us as a church, a heart for us in here. And this is actually a message that's been growing in my heart for a very long time. I'm talking about last year somewhere. Um, But still, it was incredibly difficult to put together because I'm not talking to, I'm also talking to myself. If we're talking about family in church and church people and relationships, then it's tricky. Um, So the essence of today's message, I'm going to start there now, is that we should grow in our hearts to have grace for others to fail. Um, I have many conversations. People who come for counseling are not all in our church. They are, come from different churches. They have, not all of them are even churched. And I have a few conversations with many of them. And one of them that I often hear is people's perceptions of church people and then people getting offended and hurt if church people are not perfect. Um, and that's sort of where this thing started coming and growing from, is this place that, sorry, is that better? No, it's close. Wow. Okay. Um, is this place where other people, I almost want to say judge, but I don't think it's judging in that sense. It's boxing Christians. They box a Christian, this is how you should be. And if you, if you go outside of what my perceptions are, you as a Christian should be, I get offended and I leave and even in church, we see this, where sometimes um, I experience as well, that, that, and in my own heart as well, that sometimes we have not enough grace for the people around us who are supposed to be Christ for us, in a way, fail. And I'm saying that deliberately, because we are talking constantly about growing to be like Christ and being sanctified like Christ, and we're all growing in that part. But as we're growing, we're going to fail. Um, so as a counselor, I, I see lots of different stories, like I said, but one thing somebody asked me recently is, if there's one thing you can sort of say everybody struggles with, like, sure, that's a big question. There's no, no such thing, because everybody's stories are so different. 
um, addictions, depression, anxiety, life's challenges, abuse. There's just so many things that people come to because they are seeking counseling. Um, but one thing that I do sort of, if I have to say that's the thing, it's that we all get slapped. I want to say clapped because that just works. We all get slapped by the world. Every single person, all of us in here, in some effect, we get slapped by the world. And those things have, make an impact on us and how we cope with things and how we carry on. Um, I tend to talk about this as the bumper car syndrome thing. <laughs> you have heard this before at, at Healing Broken Hearted at Bible School, then I'm sorry. Um, but sin has caused a breakdown of everything. It has caused a breakdown. So I'm going to read Romans up there. Just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way death came to all people because all have sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not break a command. This, this is the pattern of the world. We are all affected by sin. And I'm saying this because I think for me growing up in a, in, a, in, a, in a religious home and everything, we talk about sin a lot. And sometimes sin is this thing that's just a word. But when people come for counseling, and this is why I start with this, it's because one of the foundational glasses or hearing aids or whatever you want to put on if you listen to people's stories is this. We have all been affected by sin. Our temperaments, our personalities, our stories, our relationships, our life, things that happen somehow, and I've put a definition on the next slide a bit, where with creation, God had a good plan. He had a perfect plan. He's a good God. That is who he is. People come for counseling and they're upset with God. And I start there because God is a good God, but sin entered the world. And this is where the bumper car thing comes in. We're all driving around in little bumper cars, and because of sin, our bumper cars are broken, the track is broken, and we, people can't drive. Some people are purposeful in their bumper cars, so yes, they'll drive at you and bump you, and then you sit with the issue. Or they throw things into your bumper car, and then you have to deal with it. Or our bumper cars maybe be floor, have a floor, and then we keep on bumping something. And we try not to, but we keep on bumping. So this bumper car scenario, which is sin, and this is the world. And this is sort of the thing that I, I'm going to start with because if we are talking about a love for God's people, we have to remember that even God's people are affected by the bumper cars. All of us are affected by the bumper cars. Um, when I deal with people and I put this thing on as my foundation, I can honestly tell you, <laughs> it's going to sound weird, but I'm not shocked by stories people tell me. I'm not upset. I am upset. But I'm not. There's different kinds of upset um, because of things that happen. Because I expect the bumper cars. This is the world we are living in. It's broken. And so much more do we need God's grace in this because this is what we get. Um, and we get it in church. Even though we are trying to grow together here, even though we are trying to find Christ and to find his ways together, we are still affected by sin. We are still affected by the bumper cars. Um, what did I put the next one on there? Did I put, yeah. Um, so Jesus came into this mess, and he came into this mess, and he said, 
God has a law. He has a constitution by which he lives by. His constitution is a law of love. It's a law of forgiveness. It's a law of grace. It's mercy. It's a lot of things that contradict the world we know. And then he goes and he says that as you must love your neighbor as you love yourself, and you must love them as I have loved you. So just sketching the image that I said now about the bumper cars and the world being broken, and it's actually impossible. Now Jesus comes and he gives us this impossible. Um, I don't want to, it's uh, what I had a different word. Impossible, an impossible command, an impossible thing that we, that we have to do. But we can't do it without him. So before I go anywhere in the sermon, I just want to put this down as a foundation. We're all broken. When you deal with people, expect brokenness. And the only way to do this is through Jesus. The only way is to try and figure out what does it mean when he says, I give you the great exchange of my joy, of my peace, of my life, of my love, when you deal with people who hurt you. Um, and it's easy to talk about people who hurt us out there, um, you know, at work or somebody. It's easy. It's harder when it's the person in your small group that offended you. It's harder if you don't like, if you don't like your pastor's wife, <laughs> whatever. It's harder when it gets close to home. But this is where it's so beautiful that we are called to be in a church. Because in this place, we figure these things out. If we can manage to do it through this law of love. This place where there is grace and mercy and forgiveness. And that's sort of where I'm going to go. Um, so just to jump back a bit. If we talk about broken relationships, we're talking about misunderstandings, offenses. Life clubs all of us. So a lot of us have these things, what I like to call sensitive spots in our soul. <laughs> sensitive spots. Um, those are previous hurts. And when we deal with people, sometimes unknowingly, somebody bumps one of those. And then you completely don't know, why am I reacting like this? What just happened here? But there's a previous hurt in your soul. That happened, why? Because of sin. Um, but there's a previous hurt that we can deal with. There's something that we can, that we can and I'm going to get to that now. Overly sensitive topics. I think we do live in a, in a nation where there's a lot of topics that's hard to discuss. Um, because of other things getting into the mix, but there's so many stuff that come into relationships. And if you have, if you like, if you live, if you're alive, one thing that you are going to deal with is relationships. That is what we have. So now let's get practical because that's how I work. I'm not, like I said, I said to Philip, when I prepare this thing, I want to go into all like the scriptures. And he said to me, no, no, Janeta, talk from your heart and talk about the things that you feel you just want people to hear. And um, that's where I get practical. Okay, so how do we do this? The first one I've got up there, I think it's up there, is to know that you can't. Like I said now, um, when we deal with people, when we deal with relationships, is no, you can't. Uh, there's a book by Leo Giglio, Leo Giglio that says, I am not, but I know I am. It's a, it's a lovely book that talks about this principle about knowing that within me, I am broken. Within you, you are broken. This thing is actually doomed. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> but it's not because Christ is with us. So we can breathe new life into this thing, but it's through Christ. I can't. Um, 
And he says that my grace is sufficient for you, for my power, that's his power, is made perfect in weakness. Uh, this week I joked to somebody who came for counseling. I said to them, if there's anybody who ever wants to come to a counselor and walk out feeling good, they must come to me if you hear my stories. <laughs> we are, in our weakness, we find Christ. In our weakness, he's glorified. And if we realize those things, that he is, but we are not, then we can start stepping in those places, not because we are good, but because he is good. The second one is to know yourself and to know that you don't know others. Um, I, in counseling, I talk about my business. Um, business. I can't take on God's business. That's his things. Um, I, I can't actually get into other people's business unless they allow me to an extent to have a relationship and, you know, other people's business, the way they think. I can talk to them, but then there's my business my sensitive areas in my soul, the places where I've been hurt, the way I think about things, that you can do. That's in your court, my place. Um, to know yourself, Scripture says, judge yourself soberly. Um, and, and sometimes we don't do this. We do everything we can to avoid this place because this place is very intense. If I look at what I do and why I do it and what I would actually like to do, then what if, what if I'm so overwhelmed that I don't know what to do with it? Then you run to Jesus. Um, or you get help. Sometimes we need to get help. Um, judge yourself soberly, and judge yourself soberly starts at the place where you realize who you are. But in counseling, I try to talk to people to get to that place where they know who they are in Christ. Because I know who I am. And then I know I'm supposed to be in Christ, and there's a strange gap in between. Um, but that is where the healing starts, is if you start realizing that Christ has an identity for you. He's got somebody that he wants you to be. And in that, there is a supernatural grace to become that. And a supernatural grace is something that the Holy Spirit gives us. It's not something we conjure up within ourselves. Um, and our worth is measured through the death of Jesus um, and not by stuff that we've done. The one thing I don't want you guys to hear when you leave here today is sort of like a list of these are the things I must do in order to have better relationships um, because then the whole weight falls on your shoulders again to try and get your tick list of everything that I must do, be, then I'll be good. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to illustrate the heaviness of the brokenness to understand the incredible amount of grace we need and that that's not a once-off thing that you can just tick. That's an everyday seeking it when the situations come and that's sort of where we go now. The next one I've got up there is don't run away. Um, people run. Philip said to me, are you saying this for yourself? I'm like, yes, I want to run away from this morning. <laughs> but I can't, I'm here. Um, run, people run. Why? Because if we get focused on these things that we struggle with or that other people struggle with, it's easier to go to a place of, of defense. And for most people, that goes into a place of fighting or flighting, where we start fighting some kind of fight or we start running away from something. And there's many ways people do this. In church contexts, sometimes people just leave church and they never speak to us again and we don't know what happened. Because something happened that was big 
emotionally heavy and it's, it's um, intimidating. And then people rather avoid. Um, that happens in our own personal relationships as well. If you think about small groups or just friendships uh, that we have or that we try to have within church, um, is this place of when it gets difficult, don't run away. There's ways that people run away, scapegoating, which is you blame the others or you blame other things. You can have lots of scapegoating. Denial, people, and then just plain escaping, avoiding. I don't want to be there. I'm just not seeing this. Um, and if we function in that place, we are never going to grow. Um, you can run away from your things, but they are going to catch up with you. If they are there when you are younger, they are probably going to get you when you are older because things that are there stay there. They don't disappear. Um, there's a beautiful scripture that I absolutely love. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are in the way with him because then he cannot deliver you to the judge and the judge cannot deliver you to the offender and you may be so that you won't be thrown in prison. There's a progression of things getting worse here. If something happens and we avoid and avoid and avoid, this situation is not going to dissolve. This, it doesn't go away. It gets worse. The unsaid things or the um, unresolved things. Sometimes you can't have a discussion with the person that hurt you, but you can have a discuss discussion with God. These things need to be dissolved in some way. Otherwise, people get stuck. And if you get stuck in a place, people really don't go forward. That thing can keep you trapped for years. Um, so ad agree with your adversary. Try and make, if, if you can't talk to the person that hurt you, maybe talk to God or talk to somebody. But um, ah, I'm going to just sidetrack myself here. In church, sometimes we, we talk about things and confidentiality gets hurt. Um, so here I just want to sort of throw something in the side. If somebody, if you and somebody have a thing, talk to maybe your small group leader or talk to somebody that you feel you can draw in here. Don't talk to your friends, you 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 to your friends and, then at, and then it's like spinners. That's what, we, that's what we get. And people get hurt and people get offended. Um, talk to a safe place and get it dissolved or walk away dissolving it with God. But if we, if we don't dissolve these things, offenses grow and grow and grow, especially in church. The enemy is very cunning and clever to try and find those places where people disagree um, so that you don't like them anymore, so that you avoid them, so that you avoid church, so then you, you leave. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but, um, but I, I see these things. Um, so agree with your adversary quickly so that it can be dissolved. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. That is one of the most powerful things that I've ever encountered, if you've ever heard my testimony, is finding out what is the truth of God, what does Scripture say, and living that truth, because that thing will set you free. Um, there's another thing that I'm not going to go into, like the whole deep thing of it now, but I want to touch on it because it's such a powerful thing. Um, in Healing the Brokenhearted, we talk about um, the serpent and the snake and Moses where um, the people were disobedient and God sent in the snake sent in the snake and the snake body who looked and then God told Moses make a bronze pole with the snake and everybody who looks at the snake will be healed very weird it's a snake okay <laughs> um, 
the principle that I want to touch on here is this principle of looking to the thing that is hurting you. If there is something in you that is really keeps on coming up, look at that thing, face it, so that it can be healed. Seek healing for that thing, so that it can go. Um, now, the fourth one I've got up there is to, is to find guidelines in Scripture. There's lots of them. If you read the New Testament, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I read the New Testament, and I really sit at the end of it and think, yes, I'm falling short. If you read the things that Christian communities are supposed to be, I am not that. <laughs> I don't know any of you who are. But I read those things and I just realize this is a very high goal. Nee? So it's good. Read them. Find them. Because they are like gold that you put in your heart. I want to grow towards that. I want to grow towards that. But, but don't read them with a whip. And don't look at your fellow Christian with a whip. Because that's what we do. We put them in these little boxes of, there you are. And now you've gone outside of it, so you're out. I often talk about our, our fast food community where we delete people from Instagram or from Facebook if we don't like them anymore. Church is not like that. Relationships are not like that. You don't delete people <laughs> if you don't like them. You look at the problem. You face them. You have conversations. Sometimes you agree to disagree. But that's also a resolve. Okay? agree to disagree. Okay, so back in this point. Find guidelines and then notice them, but look at them through the law of love that Christ gives us, which allows a huge space for failure. Every single time if we fail, you can go back to him. Every single time if you struggle with something, you can go back to him. Sometimes in church, we get so focused on the growth that we want to achieve that the people who struggle get left behind. Um, and they don't feel welcome because I'm still struggling with pornography. It's been three years. I'm still struggling. Yes, Christ still loves you. I'm still here for you. Okay, you have an eating disorder. How long? Oh, my lifetime. Good. It's okay. We're going to get through this. Christ is in this. I am not leaving. I'm loving you. You're struggling, but there's grace and there's mercy and there's love. And that sometimes we don't see in church, is that people come in and they, are put, they, they have this idea of Christians or church being this perfect little box that we fit in. None of us are that, so let's not pretend to be it. Rather, grab these people and say, listen, this is what I struggle with. Can I help you with something? You can help me. You know, Let's support each other humbly. Um, the law of love is a beautiful law because it covers there's something in there that, that I've got here. Mercy triumphs over judgment. It's easy to judge. It's easy to get angry. It's easy to put people in a box because then I can wash my hands and walk away. You know? I've signed this one off. I'm done. That's not relationships. It's not signing off. It's not washing hands. It's, it's going to this place of mercy where you failed. I'm still here for you. you I'm still here for you. I'm still here for you. There's a clip that's doing around in the counseling word that gives me like I'm nauseous when I watch it, honestly. There's this lady that comes in for counseling and then there's the psychiatrist or psychologist person. I don't know what he is supposed to be, but he sits there. And then he tells her, tell me your problem. And she tells her in this problem and then she looks at him. He looks at her. He says, write this down. 
And she takes a bend, like, yeah, yeah, give me the answer. And he screams at her, stop it. That's his advice. Stop it. And then she said, and he says, what other problems do you have? Then she says some other issues that are really intense things. And he looks at her, he says, well, you have a pen? Stop it. That's his advice. It's ridiculous. Please. But I think sometimes in church we look at sin and we look at brokenness and we do that. We look at people and we say, oh, you stop it. Won't you stop it? I want you to stop it because I can see it's harming you, but I'm not going to leave you in the process. I'm not going to judge you in the process. I'm going to have this law of love that is full of mercy and full of grace. I'm expecting all of us to fail, but I'm also expecting that Christ will come. That does not make any sense, I know, but that's how I work <laughs> when I work with people. Um, because only then, you can, this is how I see it. I don't think it's the only, really. Um, but then we can forgive. Because if you understand this place of sin, and you understand this place of brokenness, and you understand this place of having mercy and grace that, that is beyond us, then we can forgive, and then we can release, and then we can bless, which brings me to the next one. So what do we do when things get hard? Um, I see it like, I agree, I'm not a sporty person, so forgive me for this random example, but passing the ball. <laughs> you know, if you play rugby, I just see the guys passing the ball. If you get something in your bumper car, or somebody comes close to you with your bumper car and it lands on your lap, and you don't know what to do with it, you give it to Christ. You pass the ball. He can handle it. He's got, he, he teaches me to be merciful. He teaches me to be kind, to be graceful, to forgive. I can do that. But I can't solve the whole thing. These emotions, I don't know what to do with, and I wrote them down because this is really, no, I didn't write them down. They're on the next slide. That. Pray for that person until you feel compassion. Um, because it's easy to sign it off. I prayed, but I'm still angry. Or I don't actually want, I just want to sign it off and leave it. Sometimes if something is so painful, um, I'm an emotional person, so sometimes I do take things too emotional and I have to work through it before I can resolve it. But in that moment, take it to Christ until you feel compassion for that person. Um, because that changes your heart. It doesn't change anything about the misunderstanding or the fact that you might never agree or never see eye to eye or not understand each other's worlds. We might never. We don't know everything about the people around us. But we can find this place where at least if I can dream in my dreams, it's a safe place where we can be different because that's what we are. We are different. Um, Psalm 55 says, Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. And he will not let the righteous be, be shaken. There are many of these scriptures that I just absolutely love because life is full of relationships and relationships hurt and emotions hurt and, and these things are part of our world. But what do we do then? We go to God and say, Lord, I'm just gonna, I just want to pray until I feel you've got it. <laughs> then I'm going to pray again until I feel you've got it so that I can stand up and go and be kind and go and forgive and go and help. Um, and fail, because I'm going to fail, and then I'll come back. And then in, it's, it's not a, 
it's like, for me, it's almost like a picture of the ocean. But hopefully this wave is bearing stronger as you, as you grow. But to have grace to fail. Um, so I just want to end off with this scripture. Okay. Um, which is one of those that if you read it, you can whip yourself. Or you can read it through the eyes of the law of love. Yeah, which is grace and compassion. Therefore, as children of God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, and with patience. Bear with each other. That's a big sentence. It's easy to walk away if I don't like what's happening. Bear with each other. Forgive one another. If somebody has a grievance against someone, then forgive them because the Lord forgave you. Um, just adding something in forgiveness that I didn't say earlier. We don't forgive because somebody um, necessarily knows better. We don't forgive because we assume that they are going to change. We forgive from the assumption that if they knew better, they would have done different. That's why Jesus forgave on the cross. He said, forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. That's why you forgive. You forgive because the assumption that they do not know what they are doing. If they knew better, they probably would have done different. Or maybe not, but that's, you don't know. You can forgive. Um, okay, all over these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Unity does not necessarily mean agreement. Unity means a place of knowing that we are together in this, even if we are different, and even if we differ. Um, let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. That's a very powerful thing. Thankful can heal a lot of broken hearts. Um, let the message of Christ dwell amongst you richly as you teach and admonish was that the word? one another with wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Singing to God with gratitude in whatever you do, Thank God the Father. Um, this is for me a summary of, of I think if, if, I, if I want to summarize a heart towards God's people, a heart towards the people sitting next to you and the people that you meet in small group or even Christians from other denominations that you might not understand or other, other walks of life. Um, there, is a, there is a way that, that's not undoable if we are also just aware of what's going on in all our hearts so that we can work with them when the stuff comes that hurts. Um, then, you, then you can build these bridges if they are caused. Yeah, so um, just adding on to the troubled waters thing. Um, something that I do when people come and they tell me stories is I, I look at it as a puzzle. Conversations are often like this. Relationships are like this. Conversations. So you get two people and there's like this puzzle and you need to figure out what this puzzle is. Sometimes we figure it out. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But some of those pieces, you just have to give to God. It's not yours to understand. You just have to pass them on. Some of them you might understand and some of them you don't. And in that for me lies the mercy and the grace to be able to, to have space for people to differ. That's all I have to say, so I'm just going to close my eyes. <laughs> um, Father, I just thank you for bringing us to a place again of knowing that 
but we can always grow in compassion and that it's you that does it, Lord. It's not, it's not within ourselves to automatic. We just always know what to do. Um, so Holy Spirit, we invite you to teach us these things and to, to give us your supernatural grace that can help us do these things. Um, and just almost actually do less. To throw down all our ideas and all our boxes that we put people in and just to listen to the person and to and to be there for them, Lord. And to try and understand. So Father, I pray a blessing on every person here that they will grow in mercy and they will grow in kindness and in grace to love each other. And we pray this in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. Um, if anybody would like to come for prayer feel some of these things got one of your t- was tugging at your heartstrings um, I just wrote a few things down sometimes we really beat ourselves up about things that we feel we're not doing right and then there's a portion I think of, of grace and mercy that Christ wants you to see about your own failures um, because that's there for us to get that from him as well sometimes we get offended and it comes like a block and it just sits there pray over something or if you feel you've got a this thing of boxing people you are like this so I put you in this box and then I'm that you are like this and I put them in this box and then there's no interaction because I sign off on my boxes if that's maybe something that's that you want to pray about or just to grow in grace um, so I'm going to ask if our facilitator probably wants to come you can come forward um, but otherwise we are finished may go have coffee and tea and cayenne. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org or like us on facebook.com forward slash Pretoria.